0: Hopefully, we should be able to fix it in in post. Maybe. Uh, let me. Howdy. This is Tuesday, March 20th, 2018, and this is episode 69 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined by a special guest, Eleanor Cumley of Route 40. How are you doing, Hello. Eleanor?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. I can't complain. So, uh, just a couple notes. As most of you probably know, uh, Craig had a baby a few weeks ago, so he is out for this episode and maybe one or two more. Uh, so, I'm taking over um so sorry if you're expecting craig uh we'll have to do our best to make you happy with what what i have set up so i have eleanor on today who's a frequent contributor to our facebook group and writes uh for i mean her website i guess about atlantic city and south jersey news route 40 so do you want to kind of start by telling us what route 40 is eleanor and how it began
1: yeah so uh route 40 is an online news site that i run with my husband bill sprouse um we met um, more than 10 years ago now in in new york we've both been journalists for a long time we were working uh, as journalists in new york um and obviously i'm not from atlantic city but bill is um, and we used to sit across from each other and one of the things that we first talked about, uh, when we met was how, uh, we miss, uh, living next to the ocean. I'm from a, uh, similarly kind of, uh, depressed, um, seaside town in the UK called Portsmouth. Um, it's a little bit bigger, uh, a little different in a few ways, but, um, we both kind of missed the, uh, the grimness of the, uh, the seaside resort life Um, and we would talk we talked for years about how it would be great if we could move back to where one of us was from Uh, I was had uh, I was always in favor of Atlantic City because the weather is generally better than it is in the UK Um, and we thought it would be great if we could try and uh, help fix the local journalism issue um, and be local journalists um, so yeah, that's, uh, that was kind of the early beginnings of Route 40. Um, and then a couple of years ago after, uh, stints in Mexico city and, uh, working for some other news organizations, um, we had saved up some money and decided to move back here where Bill's family is from. Um, yeah, and we started Route 40, uh, by ourselves.
0: So for you, coming from kind of a depressed uh, seaside town, was it an easy transition to move to a kind of a different depressed, a bit <laughs> run-down seaside town?
1: I like to think that I was prepared for the kind of um, the the off-season uh, depression that you get from, from living in a uh, resort where everybody has gone home, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was still a big adjustment. We both had previously lived for the last uh, how many years in big cities. So I think actually the biggest thing is that even the biggest adjustment has been that even though Atlantic City is technically a city, um, it's very small town, uh, especially when it's not full of summer visitors. Um, And so that's been been a major adjustment in a Mm -hmm. whole load of of ways.
0: So you actually just moved to Atlantic City from Ventnor, right?
1: Yeah, we were living in Ventnor when we first moved here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny, we had no idea where exactly we would uh, move to. Bill grew up in Atlantic City, in Chelsea Village, in fact. Um, But his parents moved uh, offshore, as they call it, um, when he was 10. So... Um, we didn't know if we would be up for living in Atlantic City, but, um, we're really glad that we made the move and like it for us, it's been, um, it's been kind of like a a very reviving to have the city feel again, to like see people on the streets and hear, uh, city noises. Um, we really like that part of Atlantic City. I know there are a lot of people that don't, um, but yeah. what we like
0: so is it was it like a big difference between ventnor and atlantic city in terms of the number of people around and
1: (laughs) i think so i mean we were living in um a beach house that really wasn't meant to be lived in year-round and uh it was a quiet street and it was only a few blocks from the Mm -hmm. beach um so it's great in the summertime when there was people around but in the winter it was really depressing Mm -hmm. now we live on um uh, one of the main thoroughfares in Atlantic City, we see people all the time, there are buses, there's jitneys, there's there's a lot more going on. There are you know, shops and things uh, which, you know, Ventnor is just a bit quieter. Even though you, know, you talk to somebody from Margate or Longport further down the same island and you know, they all think that Ventnor is more or less an extension of Atlantic City.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. You know, as you know, our podcast is kind of created by tourists. It's what me and Craig essentially are. And it's, you know, most of our listener base, you know, not all. Uh There are some locals that listen to the show. But I think most of the people who listen are people who experience Atlantic City only as a tourist. So what is it like living there?
1: Well, I think everybody would still think that I'm a tourist. <laughs> um, they're very particular about who is local and who is not, and what your local credentials are. Uh, that seems to come up pretty often. You have to <laughs> like, show your card that says
0: you're you're yeah, a local Atlantic yeah, City you local. Yeah,
1: do. <laughs> um, and preferably, you have to be wearing a respect Atlantic City hat and a t-shirt. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, we uh, we have this conversation a lot. Um, we um, I would say we're pretty good friends with the, uh, the Ganters who run Little Water Distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did an event a while back with Mark Ganter and he was saying that, you know, that there is kind of, um, people who consider themselves to be Atlantic City locals, um, can be kind of unfriendly toward, uh, the tourists, um, and people from outside, um, but the problem is that you can't see, I mean, a lot, so the people who are from here are either like seem to be on kind of two polar opposites of the spectrum. They're either huge fans of Atlantic City and they're constantly blowing up uh, the next big project or they're um, so down on their own hometown that uh, it's just unbelievably depressing to talk to them <laughs> so Mark Gant uh, Mark Gant from the distillery was saying you know uh, when you're from the outside you can see the good and the bad it's much easier to have um, a kind of uh, a more neutral perspective on the city and to like see what's great about it and also uh, what uh, what you've seen work elsewhere and your wa- ways that the city could kind of work better you know um, and I think it's really true I think that um, there are actually a lot of um, immigrants in Atlantic City that their voices are almost never heard. Um, and I mean, I mean, they're, they're not often heard in kind of public media. Um, and there are a lot of people who've moved here and, and live here f- for a reason. Um, and I think the local residents, like, it's hard for them to lose sight of it's It's easy for them to lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to lose sight of the reasons why it's actually a, a nice place to live
0: so a, as a local i mean i know you we talked about when you live <laughs> in Ventor, ventnor uh mm-hmm. that it was very quiet in the off season on your street is it kind of a noticeable difference even in in atlantic city itself from summertime to yeah. not summertime yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
0: like even in the not necessarily I mean, just on the boardwalk or whatever but even in other parts of town
1: yeah i mean traffic is like a beast in the summer mm-hmm. like right now you can go anywhere easily apart from when the roads are flooded <laughs> um, the last Nor'easter. which but, might be um, coming today yeah today um so uh, yeah it's really different i mean a lot of things close down obviously like things on the boardwalk but also it's like it's very hard to tell in atlantic city whether things have closed down for good or just they're not open Uh, for the season you know for Mm -hmm. for the winter um a lot of the uh, kind of smaller cafes and the restaurant owners take extended winter holidays um so yeah there's kind of like a a randomness you never quite know if the place that you want to go to is going to be open or not um and uh yeah just generally it's it's not uh I mean I I love living so close to the ocean I love living so close to the beach and I love it when it's quiet um but yeah you de- you definitely uh, know that you're living somewhere where, where it's built to deal with many more people than it currently here right
0: <laughs> So, I mean, something that I think Craig and I both try to do is try to get people outside of the casinos as much as possible when they're visiting mm-hmm. the city. So what, what do you recommend as a local that us or, or any other tourists who happen to be in the city, what, what should we see that's not necessarily within the walls of a casino?
1: Oh, what should you see I mean I'm like super I, I think the boardwalk is just an amazing public community <laughs> I think like the uh the massive resource of the the boardwalk is underplayed a lot um they're actually talking of the boardwalk they're um they're having another bid to pass an open container uh ordinance I've heard that before um, but with, yeah <laughs> it seems yeah, like every year they say they're the, gonna pass it but yeah so we'll see but that could um I I think that would be a great thing Mm -hmm. Um, um, being European. I'm all for public, public uh, outdoor drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the, uh, the beer garden did open. um, And that is actually looking really nice. So I would recommend visiting there. Um, I, I mean, I love the distillery. This is the bungalow beer garden that you're talking about? Yeah. The bungalow beer garden. I love the distillery. I really like uh, the the lighthouse is a really cool place to go. If you haven't been up there, you get an absolutely unbelievable view. Um, you kind of 360 degree view of, of the whole island. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, the inlet, I, like, I kind of, I, I can't get over how much green space there is in the city. Obviously, some of it is not really supposed to be uh, empty or demolished, abandoned lots, Mm -hmm. but it is still like, um, yeah, I know. I, I love, I love living here. I really do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, the other thing that we've recently discovered is just how many amazing Mexican restaurants there are here. Um, so we've been, uh, consuming lots and lots of tacos. Um, and uh chilaquiles which are our favorite mm-hmm. mexican breakfast food so yeah. what
0: can you name one or two of these mexican restaurants
1: yeah so the funny thing is that they're um they, they seem some of them are disguised our favorite one at the moment is um it's actually called atlantic pizza mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, sounds mexican so they, <laughs> But they do really great. Uh, they do really great nachos and, and uh, really real uh, Mexican food as well. So they feed all of the local immigrants the Mexican food, and then all of the people uh, who come in for pizza um, get pizza. But the pizza is not as good as the Mexican food. So uh, check out Atlantic Pizza and get the Mexican food. Where is it? Uh, it's it's on Venner Avenue. Um, it's a little bit like in, a, in the Chelsea section. Mm-hmm. um we are also big fans of Baltimore Grill um we uh had kind of our pre-wedding uh party at the Baltimore Grill we spent our wedding night at the Irish pub <laughs> uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome it's the um, most Atlantic City a- wedding ever yeah the most Atlantic City wedding ever um we got married in Gardner's Basin so I we're big fans of Back Bay Ale House and, um, and yeah, to me, it actually it just reminds me, I haven't heard much on the redevelopment project of Gardener's Basin, but um, I know that uh, that could all be changed in theory this summer. Um, but, yeah, I enjoy Gardener's Basin while it's still as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good place to take the kids as well. There's an aquarium there that um, it's very cheap and cheerful as we would say in the uk um and keeps the kids entertained
0: cool how long did you guys live in mexico city
1: we lived in mexico for five years five years so um if you say yeah. a
0: place has good mexican food you you believe us we <laughs> should believe you <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah there are two other places one place um that's i think was uh recently boosted by uh, uh david chang Mm-hmm. who I guess is a big important guy in the world of food um is pancho's and that's right next door to White House Subs mm-hmm. in oh, my uh, my it. ranking yeah it's 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 really good um um but I slightly prefer um Rincon del Savo which is on Pacific Avenue um right at Pacific Avenue in Florida right behind uh, boardwalk hall mm. Cool. Uh, Yeah, those are my top tips.
0: So is everyone impressed? I mean, presumably you and Bill are both fluent in Spanish, right? Are they
1: all the places
0: (laughs) impressed when when you and him can come in and order in Spanish?
1: Yeah. I mean we're constantly uh talking about how we need to um to kind of make more um we need to maybe write in Spanish and uh, mm-hmm. kind of do more interviews and stuff in Spanish because there is like a huge Mexican um, and Spanish-speaking community around here. Actually, um, there's a lot of Dominicans and um, other Central uh, Central American uh, residents or former residents around here. But um, yeah, it's a it's a massive community, and and it, like, I think a lot of people don't really realize it. Um, A lot of people come for the casino jobs and then they stay and and do other things. Um, I forgot to mention earlier that actually some of the best tacos are at the Iron Room. Um, And there's kind of a backstory to that, which is that the chef at the Iron Room, whose name I've temporarily forgotten, um, but he spent time in Oaxaca, which is kind of the The nexus of all amazing culinary creations in Mexico, Mm -hmm. Um, and they have the, uh, uh, we're big fans of the Iron Room in general, but their tacos are really very good.
0: Cool. So when I kind of scheduled you to to come on, I figured we'd talk mostly about all the non-casino stuff in Atlantic City, given that you're a local. but. Uh, you've actually written a couple gaming stories recently. So yeah. do you want to mention a couple of the stories you've written and we can talk about them for a little bit?
1: Yeah, so uh, just yesterday we wrote the story about how Caesars, Valleys and Harris, um are expecting to lose customers when the Hard Rock and Ocean Resort Casino open. Um, so i kind of dug back through their numbers and found that they have been losing market share for the last couple of years anyway even in spite of the fact that there's been significantly less competition among the boardwalk casinos um, and it, it's funny with a lot of the feedback we've had on that has been well the customer service sucks and their resort fees are really high and it's not surprising and i do kind of feel like it's symptomatic of the problem that Atlantic City's casino industry has, which is that um, you know the state and city just gave them, or, you know, last year gave them this major tax break, um, and they get money whenever they want it from Creda um, to to kind of pretty up their buildings. And they have this kind of captive audience of of grown gamblers, so they just don't really seem to actually have to try. To win customers, um, and I just think that that's the biggest problem that Atlantic City has compared to Vegas and even you know other you know, the Pennsylvania market uh, or the New York market. You know, those those places are trying to build brands and build a customer base, and it just it a lot of the feeling that you get when you go to places like Caesars and Bally's is that they're just not really trying very hard. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I agree, and I know that it's something that we've talked about on the podcast a lot since yeah. probably episode one that me and Craig have both kind of predicted. The next casino to close is going to be Bally's, and I think we still think that's probably the yeah. case. That if, if a casino closes down in Atlantic City, uh, which, you know, the first two months of the year, uh, we, we'll probably talk more about this in a future episode, mm-hmm. but they have not been good at all for any of the casinos, honestly. But yeah. Uh, especially yeah. for these uh, properties like Ballet's.
1: Yeah. So the funny thing about that, though, is that um, the um, the CEO of Arc Restaurants, which runs Gregory's um, and another place, a couple of other places in Atlantic City, but one other place in resorts, um, he said that they had a good start to the year. Um, I'm inclined to believe him, and I th- actually think that resorts um has kind of got a, another story which you know the, i think they um they have done a pretty good job of saying that they're uh, uh they're the casino and the venue for locals um and i do think that's kind of held up in a little uh in some ways and you know, they definitely do have um kind of more to show for gains on uh food and beverage and and hotel room stays than some of the other casinos that don't seem to have really tried to to build a story or a brand or a, a marketing campaign outside right. of the casino you know
0: i mean i think i believe that it's like two weeks from now they're gonna put out the final 2017 yeah. like overall profitability numbers yeah. kind of beyond just the gaming yeah. numbers and i think we'll have a better idea of what places are doing Definitely. once that comes out yeah um. Yeah. So what do you expect uh I guess in the town or or the effects to be once Ocean and Hard Rock end up opening? Like what do you think the effects on the other casinos are going to be and and on the town itself?
1: <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to be a good summer. I mean, I obviously everybody is, right? Everybody is really excited about these mm-hmm. places finally opening um i do think it's probably gonna happen later than um later than everybody would like you know i remember hard rock was originally targeting memorial day i think that's already been pushed back they're just saying summer 2018 um th- you know, a lot of people around here are already saying it could be kind of july um so so it's gonna be a shame if they miss a couple of the months of the uh, year earlier in the season Um, but I think in general, you know, it's always good when people have a more kind of upbeat, positive outlook on Atlantic City. I also think that a lot of people who are familiar with Atlantic City's ups and downs, um, know how to make the most of the ups, you know, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) I think a lot of people are pretty skeptical about the, uh, even medium term success of these two new casinos. So, um... I think a lot uh, a lot of other small businesses around here are going to be trying to to capitalize on this uh bonanza of a summer um and i do you know i think the caesar's uh, enterprises ceo is exactly right i do think they're going to really struggle um when there's more competition um tropicana uh has apparently been kind of just uh, steamrollering up all of the uh, stray customers who used to make their way over to the north end of the boardwalk so it's going to be interesting to see um, how Ocean Resort in particular uh, manages to to get some of those people who who have been coming to this end of the boardwalk you
0: know? Right, I know that, that Craig and I have always sort of worried about Ocean and, and how they're going to do given that it seems like to us at least and we don't know all the details yet but it seems like it's just going to be kind of the revel reopening i mean i don't know how much work they're really doing to it and the revel of course was a pretty unmitigated disaster um
1: yeah i'm sure they'll get a lot of people just to kind of uh spectate and who who want to kind of experience being back inside that building um Mm -hmm. But, it, yeah, they're going to have to actually work really hard and, and come up with some really good ideas to keep keep those people coming through the doors, I think. Um, yeah. I do think, though, that um, one thing they have in their favour is that um, you're looking at the numbers again, at least for the first three quarters of last year. Um, the Marina District, I guess the, the glow on maybe the Asher is wearing off a little bit, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, and there's, there definitely seem to be more um, more people coming to uh, the boardwalk casinos. Um, I ride the jitney a lot now, um, and I like. I'm kind of constantly surprised by how many people casino just seem to really enjoy casino hopping, whether it's um, to like get a, a meal at their favorite place um, or like try the slots in a different place. Um, And so I I do think that that will kind of help bring people up the the other end of the boardwalk, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I do think that, you know, if you want Atlantic City as a whole to be more healthy, I think it's beneficial for the city to have more of the success be concentrated on the boardwalk rather than the marina. Yeah, Because the marina, it's kind of like... It's not, I mean, it's part of Atlantic City, but it's kind of not. You can't really get to anywhere else in Atlantic City easily from the marina. You have to,
1: yeah, you know, a get an Uber
0: or lift or drive or whatever to get anywhere.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, so something else that, that you mentioned in your story yesterday about the CET properties is all of the money that, or that Caesars is planning on putting more money into Harrah's in the marina. Yeah.
1: Right? yeah so i thought that was kind of interesting i mean i guess um you like you and 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 craig have talked about you know bally's does seem like it's last on their list for everything mm-hmm. um and it is kind of interesting that they're uh that they would put money back into the you know, the marina property it may i mean it makes a lot of sense they have that um swanky new conference center right. i guess it's not brand new but um i was actually there last weekend this past weekend for um i guess it was a cheerleading competition um anyway it was it was crammed <laughs> with, uh, with 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 uh, young girls and their families um so you know for that kind of thing i think that's a fantastic thing to have coming into atlantic city and i think that um, putting those kind of events on in the marina district if it's drawing people who would otherwise be scared of going to atlantic city i think that's absolutely that's a, just a great thing you know they don't have to deal with the scariness or whatever they perceive as a scariness of you know a grimy uh not so perfect um city uh they can you know stay in in nice new rooms over at harris um and everybody wins, you know. At least they're coming into the city. I mean, I
0: think even if you look back when Caesars was going through its whole bankruptcy stuff, you know, I don't know, five years ago or, or whenever that was, you know, they even ended up putting Caesars and Bally's into the bankrupt child company. And Harrison mm-hmm, was always in mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. the, the one that wasn't, you know. Yeah bankrupt so it seems like harris has been kind of their preferred property i think for for quite a while and it seems like they are kind of redoubling their efforts to try to make harris a success yeah
1: yeah Um, yeah
0: which it's it's strange to me because i mean for me when i think of those three properties i i would think that caesars would be kind of the the important one for their brand but it really just seems like it hasn't been it seems like they haven't been putting the money into it that they should to make it a success and that's it's a bit surprising for me but
1: yeah I don't understand why either I mean it's in such a prime location it really should have everything going for it and they just I you know it I think it's made enough money as it is and they just haven't bothered um that's really what it feels like um yeah I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't I don't know even why. know if
0: it's that I mean it doesn't even seem like it's doing very well right now so I mean it seems like you know, if you ask me, like what the success stories in the city are, it's Tropicana is the big one. Like, yeah, been doing very well, and I think to a lesser extent, maybe like like Golden Nuggets been been doing reasonably well. Yeah, and and yeah. resorts.
1: Yeah, yeah, Golden Golden Nugget and Resorts. I was saying the other day, it's like the the little casinos that could you right. Know, <laughs> while while everybody is like paying attention to the other places, the big ones, um, mm-hmm. they just keep on chugging along. You know. They have quite loyal followings, I guess.
0: I've talked many times about how I like resorts, and I was actually in the town a couple weeks ago, and I stayed in resorts and had another pleasant stay. It's a nice little casino. So just to kind of swing back around to to Route 40, I mean, we have Mm -hmm. talked a bit about it, but um, about the beginnings of it. So can you talk about some of the other stuff because i'm just curious like it seems like you're branching out from just the journalism into doing like kind of business classes and and kind of other stuff like that is is trying to branch out from just the print journalism like part of Uh your i guess plans on making route 40 a success and what some of those yeah you're doing
1: so i guess we have two goals um one is to uh provide information to the community, the Atlantic City area. Um, And the other goal is to uh, create a sustainable local news service. Um, And by sustainable, we mean a business that pays our salaries and hopefully allows us to employ other people and become a business that that gives back to the local community as well. We're a long way away from achieving that second goal, which is obviously um, also kind of important for us to achieve the first goal. Um, Right now, we 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 get a little bit of revenue from Route 40 that comes from um, people saying, oh, I really like mostly it comes from people saying, oh, I really like what you guys are doing. I'm glad you exist. I want you to keep on existing. And then we're also trying to make money from things like selling T-shirts and uh, holding events uh, where we try and uh, we call them business boot camps. We're basically trying to um, encourage and foment a community of local uh, entrepreneurs around here. Um, So, yeah, we spend a lot of time thinking about what's wrong with uh, the media today um, as it's hard not to. Um, but our little contribution <laughs> is to uh, to to keep this website going, and you know when we can we write original uh, stories. So that's I guess the other uh, the other part of it. Our focus is always on um, writing news that hasn't been covered or written elsewhere. Um, so we don't really see ourselves as competing with anybody. We see ourselves as adding to the existing. Uh, media landscape here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. so I mean I think anytime you're working on a, a startup which it seems kind of like what Route 40 is I mean I think that's mm-hmm. a high stress experience and I think we talked a bit about that before we started <laughs> so I I, I just want to know I mean just personally for me like I don't know like I for me I don't think it would be a good mix to have something like that plus Having your co-founder also be your be your husband, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what, it seems like that's not the path to marital bliss, to me. I mean, <laughs> what is it like trying to start a company yeah, with your husband?
1: I mean, it definitely forces you to uh, work on your communication or other issues. <laughs> um, you know, and it's not like uh, you know where we went from not working together and not working in the same place to living and working 24 mm-hmm. 7 <laughs> in our home basically so it's been a big adjustment period um i use it's yeah i don't i i totally understand that uh it sounds really stressful and terrible but you'd be really surprised how common it is as well there's so many uh businesses that are started by couples i don't know there must be some reason for that (laughs) (laughs) um so is there i
0: I think you mentioned before we started you wanted to talk a little bit about the polar coaster kind of something from way way back and probably like episode three territory for us so what is the news (laughs) on the polar coaster
1: so uh the news on the polar coaster is that surprise surprise there is no news um basically um everybody got very excited over the course of a few years as uh, CREDA and then the new jersey economic development authority um kind of uh, rubber stamped this amazing project um but during the course of that rubber stamping nobody seemed to check in with um any of the investors and see whether they actually had the money um to do what they wanted to do um and the economic incentives for the project have all come in the form of uh, tax credits so basically it seems like they're stalled predictably um because there is no money uh, for the the project um but it has all the approvals <laughs> so well
0: I feel when, uh, like I I can stand in for Craig, as well as myself, to say we're both shocked at this, shocked. At this news, that they're not <laughs> really shocked. doing anything on it.
1: I'm shocked and blown away. It's There's another of, vacant, still vacant a lot. Yeah. I, I think,
0: you know, which I, I don't know, I haven't fully gone back and reassessed my, my thoughts, given the kind of bad start to the year Atlantic City's having, but you know it it, it'd been something that i've been pushing that atlantic city is kind of getting out of like the absolute bottom of what it was and it seems to be getting a bit better again but it's just it seems like especially back in like the 2015 era like when it was the bottom like the kinds Mm -hmm. of businessmen that it attracted like it just seems like it wasn't the highest quality of investor coming into the city and it a lot of people had a lot of ideas and a lot of talk and there was not much action really taken
1: right and then even when you do have like um guys like Carl Icahn you know they they, uh they've come here to kind of um basically uh play the debt market rather than to actually invest you know so yeah it's uh, the city has had a lot of bad luck (laughs) yeah it's just i mean i think it's
0: the people who see these really distressed assets and want to buy them aren't necessarily the kind of people to really try to grow the city or whatever i mean i think it's a lot of times just them looking at the bottom line and And when you are a small business
1: owner here which we you know we do wear the small business owner hats uh from time to time it's really depressing because if you think it like for, for the polar coaster tax credits for example there were thousands of dollars paid to um an external consultant firm that was basically uh paid and hired to vet the project you know and assess its its uh feasibility mm-hmm. um and you'd think that like one of the things they could have looked into was whether it was feasible in terms of you know whether the product whether the project developers could actually get the money to do it um <laughs> they don't seem to have looked into that. Um, So now the city is left with this empty lot. And you as a small business owner, you just kind of think, well, you know, I could have actually used like a couple of grand could go a really long way for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and uh, that was, you know, I I honestly don't know how much money was spent with uh, the external consultants hired by the EDA, but um, I'm sure it was more than a couple of grand.
0: You know, we've had this polar coaster thing that's going nowhere. We've had two people have bought the atlantic club and then it's turned out that they've had no money to do anything so they haven't bought yeah. the atlantic club and you know we've had the whole Glenn Straub situation and and you know <laughs> for me i personally think bart is kind of in that same boat of someone who's yeah. come in promising yeah, stuff less and has attention for but yeah
1: absolutely yeah yeah and you know the the problem you know as we see it and kind of what we see our job to do is that the institutions here in the city and in the county are so weak. You know, the um, the city and the county have both been kind of enthralled to the casino industry for so long that they just don't have a lot of tools um, when it comes to to getting developers to do what they say they're going to do. You know, why um, why was Straub, you know, allowed to kind of sit in that position for so long, or you know why? Um, you know, why weren't the city, you know, I mean, Straub is kind of (laughs) Straub, Straub. Um, Maybe that's a bad example. But there are a lot of other projects where um, the city or the state or the county just aren't able to kind of give them the support that they need. Um, You, I'm talking about non-casino projects. And then um, in contrast, there are casino projects that might happen or this polar coaster project where everybody kind of Uh, bends over backwards for them and kind of uh, doesn't do the very basic kind of necessary tasks of you know checking whether people are legitimate or whether they have the money um and to actually make a project happen
0: so what do you think um what like what do you think the impact on the city is going to be when the stockton college opens since it's kind of down near you guys
1: and yeah we're we're living a few blocks away from there i'm i'm fascinated i can't wait to see what happens um I ago i uh obviously it's it's gonna change um i mean it has the potential to be a, an absolute game changer for the city um i guess i'm such a skeptic but i find it very hard to kind of put aside my skepticism um Uh, But yeah, you know, fingers crossed. (laughs) I hope there are going to be, you know, come September, there are going to be a few hundred kids here every day spending money in local stores and going for coffee and drinks and and enjoying the city year-round. Well, I Um, I mean, I think the last few
0: years, the last 10 years maybe it's been – kind of you'd been better served being a skeptic about atlantic city than being an (laughs) optimist so
1: yeah we'll see
0: um i guess kind of one last thing that i have to talk to you about is is so uh the tennessee avenue project i mean that's seems like for me as someone who comes in and and it seems like atlantic city is kind of missing a lot of the stuff, especially like the retail stuff like coffee shops and yoga studios and everything else they're talking about opening it up on Tennessee yeah. Ave. Like how big of an yeah, impact shop. is that going to make on your, your life when everything's open? I mean, I know the yoga studio is open.
1: I mean, this is the thing that um, so I think when you're talking about Atlantic City, um, you get used to talking in terms of billion dollar projects and you're the big the next big thing that's going to save the city. Um, but um, you know elizabeth tarnock who is the last um uh, person in charge of planning and development in the city um she you know, she would say that you need to like sprinkle um thousands of uh, tony baloney's around the city and you know i think that's kind of the same with the tennessee avenue it's like um they're kind of smaller uh openings, smaller you know, developments and projects um they're not gonna get as much attention as, you know, ocean resorts, you know, but, um, they're also, I think much more likely to succeed. Um, and they're definitely, um, you know, locally, there's still a huge buzz around them. Everyone is, um, really excited about the chocolate bar that's opening in the next couple of weeks on Tennessee Avenue. Um, we're all looking forward to having a coffee shop. Um, and, uh, I'm really looking forward to the beer garden opening there as well. Um, I also go to yoga in the yoga studio there <laughs> now pretty regularly. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, um, I'm all on board, um, I think. Uh, I think it's huge. I just hope it can be multiplied. Um, and yeah, that's where I would put my money if I had some.
0: <laughs> Do you have any guesses what's going to end up happening with uh, like properties, like kind of the the city or county owned properties like Baderfields do you have any guesses what that's going to turn into oh, or the MUA or the water company stuff like that
1: yeah so we actually um hopefully we'll publish it this week or, or next but we uh sat down with Mayor Gilliam a few weeks ago now before his uh most recent political issue started um and he's kind of in i mean he's definitely in favor of holding out on Betafield until they get like some amazing offer mm-hmm. um i'm very skeptical on that uh plan of campaign for Betafield, since um yeah that's why it is beta field <laughs> uh know, yeah, everybody's been holding out for so long and, and nothing's happened right we, i mean i, I think that's seen... that's
0: been what that was what uh you know don guardian was saying too that he was just waiting because he didn't think he could get full value for any offers for it
1: yeah and i just don't agree with that i mean why not just sign a short lease for somebody who actually i mean we've one of the bidders um i'm pretty sure he does have the money at least you know he says he has the money and he has uh commitment letters um And they're, you know, they're giving him a hard time, but then there's people like the Polar Coaster who, I mean, his, (laughs) so this guy's plan for Betafield seems totally reasonable, seems great. It's basically like um, landscape it, have it as an events and music venue. You could have sporting events. It would be the, um, a racetrack, it would be a park. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these things wouldn't actually require a huge amount of money or investment to do. Um, the the big chunk of money would go to, on raising parts of the site uh, which needs to be done anyway and why I I mean I, yeah why not let them do that and then if something else comes along <laughs> um, I don't know yeah I mean I think that could make
0: sense if there is some way you could rent it out or lease it out short term but still have the option to yeah. sell it if, if someone comes along yeah. with a big transformational deal a much shinier project
1: yes yeah but it's just depressing having it kind of uh as so many other sites are all over the city uh empty pending a shiny project like the polar coaster (laughs) you know right (laughs) i mean Uh, it's it's also like oh yeah we now we've got a shiny project it's called a polar coaster it doesn't exist anywhere (laughs) we've never seen it before but let's just hold this piece of land for them see what happens
0: if you'd asked me before we had this this interview i never would have guessed we would have talked so much about the polar coaster (laughs) i know craig will be jealous
1: i mean it it is emblematic (laughs) so many things
0: um i don't know is there anything else you want to talk about about the city or kind of reach the end of my
1: list? um no that's pretty much it i love it Even in the off season, Um, get outside the casinos. Um, Yeah. Go into random uh, shops, even the places that look like pizza restaurants. You never know. They They might might have have, good tacos. They might have, yeah, or even Korean or Vietnamese food. (laughs) Got it all down here. Yep.
0: Um, So, why don't you kind of let us know or let the listeners know how to reach you? I mean, RT40.com is your website, but Twitter. That's it instagram
1: yep. yep um so we are on twitter as uh, at root underscore four zero uh you can find us there we're very responsive um and you can also find us on instagram same handle um and yeah give us a like on facebook and and check out the website and um we love hearing from from readers um it's really important for us to to get feedback and kind of talk about what we're doing and um you know we're not really a you know we're absolutely not at all a big media outlet so if you have an objection to something that that we write or if you like something that we write let us know and and you know we can talk to you about it all
0: right well thank you very much for coming on if you want to reach out to Eleanor or any of our other listeners you can do so at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win I mean at least the gaming related articles you guys write you usually post there yep, uh, yep. you can find our website at doforawin.com, for uh, find our podcast on iTunes Stitcher Google Play and Radio uh, reach out to us at Twitter at do for a win send questions to do for a win at gmail.com and, and as was said before if you want to reach out to Eleanor rt40 f-o-r-t-y dot com yep how you there's a
1: contact us button
0: reach their website eleanor and bills and thank you very much for coming on the program today eleanor and thanks for thanks bearing for with all you. of the technical issues we had for the first <laughs> half hour of trying to record it's
1: been a pleasure thanks all right. thank
0: Have a good one. Eleanor. all right we can try this <laughs> Thank you again, and sorry for all the uh, no worries. holds up. Um, I guess we can probably just start over. It's not like we got too much the first time. Uh-huh. Does that make sense for you?